Hello, 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 and welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks. I'm Ryan Schmelz, joined as always by Jeff, Gerald, and Eric. The OG crew is back yet again. No special guests this week, but my goodness, uh, we're recording this coming off of, I would say, you know, we haven't had the Super Bowl yet, but we've just sat through the best NFL playoffs potentially of all time. Yeah, that's fair to say. Every single game came down to the last second uh, in the divisional round, in the conference championships. It's almost as if Hollywood wrote game scripts and then we watched all of them. It was a fantastic AFC and NFC championship weekend. But, you know, and this is coming off of the fact that we just had all those other games before that, too. Yeah, the wild card wasn't that great, if I don't remember correctly. I mean, it was still good. The divisional and championship obviously run away with it. Um, what I like is that we're looking at the Super Bowl, and there's not a single top three-seeded team in the Super Bowl. Um, and I know like some people might say that's horrible for the game. It's not good. But like I like it. It's fun. It's fun seeing the underdogs win. And though the Rams, the powerhouse they are, they're technically an underdog. So... I would probably disagree, Jed. I think the Bengals are probably the underdog here. But um, it's good to see a Super Bowl matchup where we hadn't seen these two teams before. Uh, they're two quarterbacks that we genuinely both would like to succeed. Um, there's no rivalry between the teams. So it's just a literal Super Bowl matchup of just two NFL teams. And those matchups usually tend to be the best ones. Yeah, no, I, I I don't know who's saying that, Gerald, because I think uh, if if there are people who are saying that, send them my way because I vehemently disagree. I think this was this is an awesome uh, and very fresh Super Bowl matchup, and I think people want that. For, you, you hear it a lot of time. People say, I don't want to see another Tom Brady Super Bowl. I know, Eric, no, I know Eric likes him, but like, I think people were tired of seeing the same teams. I mean, somebody – proposed the idea of like oh what if we get a Belichick Brady Super Bowl and, and just like the thought of that for some folks is like no no way at all I mean we've this is like the chip on your shoulder Super Bowl you've got Matthew Stafford who had all those frustrating years in Detroit and now you got Joe Burrow the guy no one really gave his franchise a chance and this is a guy who was a redshirt senior you know had to transfer out of Ohio State and then you know has one of the best seasons in college football history and now arguably one of the the best two-season turnarounds we've ever seen in football. So uh, this Super Bowl is exciting for me. And, and let me clear something up because I wasn't going to let it go, but then Ryan called me out and made it sound like I'm horribly I, – I wasn't saying the Rams are underdogs in the Super Bowl. They're not. Like the, the Bengals definitely are. Um, but the Rams, for the most part, through the, this playoffs, we weren't sure who they were – like if they were going to win, if they were the favorite. They went to Tampa Bay, and I mean I, I think we all probably thought Tampa Bay was going to win that game. And they came away with a win there. Uh, 49ers were looking hot for almost the entire game and they looked good in there in the playoffs and the Cardinals were a team that was everybody's favorite seven weeks into the season so um, I wouldn't say they were like the Bengals style underdogs but they weren't a favorite to go this far I don't think when you were looking at the Cowboys the Packers and the 49 not even the 49ers the Buccaneers ahead of them see I gotta disagree again I think (laughs) With the Rams, Uh-oh. it's like, Dude. you just look at their team. Like, look at, they don't have a first it's round that- pick until 2024 because they loaded up on stars. They, I mean, obviously they didn't trade for most of them, like, like OBJ or, or, um, I mean, um, well, like OBJ, but they 
got somebody like Von Miller. They got a superstar Hall of Fame defensive tackle in Aaron Donald. They traded for Matt Stafford. They traded for Sony Michelle. They went all in. Again, they don't have a first-round pick until 2024 because that's how much yeah. they've been dealing to build this team. So yeah, I, mean, I, like, I, this, I don't disagree. Can't, you can't say they're an, they're they're the furthest from an underdog. They're in and LA. They're at home. They're, not an they're at home. No, they're yeah. at home now, but they were still a four seed with a team with in a league on the in the Divi- um, conference. Excuse me. That had Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott in there too. And I know Dak isn't up there in that escalon, but I'm saying like they were still some capable teams that were seated higher than this Rams team. They should have been here. And like for me. If you're the Rams, like this is you, this is it. You have to do this because, like Eric mentioned, you have years without a first round pick. Um, like some of these guys are going to leave next year. It's going to happen. You're not going to have this team. It's not going to be as loaded for years to come. Probably, um, it's going to be too damn expensive. But there were other teams that people were picking ahead of them because they were higher seeded and they had an easier road to the playoffs. And, and I, let me I, say this right here. Um, you know, Gerald, since you brought it up, I, I've got a. Give you credit where credit's due. You know, Jeff and I, I think ripped the the trade for Matthew Stafford in the offseason. Not that we thought that Matthew Stafford was a bad quarterback, but we were thinking like, man, two first round picks when you've already been giving up all your first round picks over the years. Like, it's like if you don't win it now, you're in a tough situation, especially when you're already up against the cap as well. So we were very critical of that. And I think, Gerald, you really defended the trade. And, you know, so far you look like you're the guy who was right out of that. So I'm going to give you credit where credit's due, but it's like you guys have said, I'm concerned if this team doesn't win it this year because it, it, it I mean, it, it just, the way this team is, you know, it, you better have a very thin margin of error or just hope you have no injuries because going forward, it's going to be rough, but I guess we should probably focus on the Super Bowl. Two oh, points, two points real quick, the... two points real quick. Go ahead, Jared. Go Sorry, Jeff. Um, <laughs> Gerald, Ger- I, I just I, I don't mean to continue to harp on the underdog thing, but when you look at the standings, I really think that people would say that the Rams are better than the Cowboys, but I got to look. I'm looking at it again. I don't see – I'm trying to figure out where they finish. The Rams were 11-6 and six or 12-5? and five? Hold on, let me see. 12-5. and 12-5. And they were the four seed. They're the four. Yeah, and and like I don't disagree with you. The Rams are a very talented team, and they're in the best division of football. If we're being honest, like the AFC North looks really good because everybody stays around the same record. But the Cardinals, the Forty ers and the Rams in that division, the fact the Seahawks are what a four or five win team probably next year, isn't because they're going to suck so bad. It's because they have to play those teams six times. Yeah, and and um, also I think. If they don't win it this year, I think with the team, if you have a coach in Sean McVay and then a quarterback in Matthew Stafford now, who he trusts, I I think they could get back to it again. Um, obviously, you look at they have players like Von Miller, who's a little bit up in age, but he's shown he still has a couple years left in the tank. I don't see him leaving L.A. Uh, OBJ could probably stay in L.A. as well. They get Robert Woods back next year. Uh, let's see, they you can. If they're good at scouting, all they got to do is find a late round running back. I mean, San Francisco found Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. So, I mean, they still can field a competitive team. And especially with who knows what's going on. Tom Brady's gone. Tom, let's say Tom Brady retires. Aaron Rodgers leaves the NFC. I mean, it's still going to be the Rams. What I'd be worried about is that when you look at some of your best players, 
Andrew Whitworth is 40. Aaron Donald's past 30 now. Von Miller's over 30. Um, Matthew Stafford's in his 30s, but quarterback's a little bit different when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, I'd just be concerned about how old this, how old some of their stars are. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey's still in his prime, and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods have plenty of years left in them, but that, that's the concern I would have uh, moving forward. Listen, Aaron yeah, Donald's Rachel Ghoul. He never will get old. <laughs> Have you seen this guy's workouts? I'm just like, he's a physical specimen. So, man, I am never worried about Aaron Donald. Yeah, I'm not really yeah, worried he's, about him. He's even incredible. Vaughn, even he's even incredible. Vaughn, I'm not that worried about. Like, they're both just no. I'm not. I'm not messing with them. I'm not telling them they should retire, even when they should. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's crazy because this Rams team, there's one of two ways it's going to go. Like they're either going to stick together for the next two or three years and they'll be a threat in the NFC because I mean, I think we've all said it in previous podcasts, AFC is the place to be right now. Like every good quarterback is over there. Um, most of the good teams are so, or they just lose everybody and they go back to the cellar. So it's, it's, it has to be terrifying if you're a Rams fan or if you're a Rams employee right now. There really aren't many Rams fans, though, because the 49ers packed that entire stadium. So I'm wondering if it's going to be the majority of Bengals fans in the stands uh, during the Super Bowl uh, when, when we see it in a few well, weeks. Well, uh, uh, six hours is a lot different than halfway across the country, uh, maybe even more than that. So <laughs> that, might yeah. be, uh, that might be a little bit different. Yeah, same state, same time zone. Like, it's a little easier. But, um, I mean... I don't know how anybody would want to go to the Super Bowl right now. I mean, did y'all see the ticket prices right now? Like, they, there's some that are as high as thirty nine thousand dollars. Oh, that's oh, yeah. how that's how it always is. There, that's more than like any of us made in our first market. Like, it's not fair. Like, why is why why are tickets so expensive? So, I would hate to be a team, a fan of a team that goes to Super Bowl one time, like the Vikings when they finally do it, and I'm gonna have to shell out like twenty thousand dollars just to suit the damn thing. I know I'm fine watching it on my couch. You get all the movie trailers. I'm fine watching it there, even if the Broncos go again. Yeah, I've I've already I already know some people who are in Cleveland who are planning road trips to go down to Cincinnati just to be in Cincinnati in case they win. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so what do we think about these games? I mean, like just the uh, we've talked a lot about Stafford and the Rams, but <laughs> guys, I can't believe the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I'm just why can you not believe it? Eric, join me on this. Listen, I I don't understand why you can't believe it either. And I'm I don't give I don't give a damn if this is uh if this is um dang, what is it called again when I I don't care. I'm all I'm I'm all on the Bengals, the Bengals train and Joe Burrow is going to be the second coming of Tom Brady if he wins uh Super Bowl in his second season. I mean, so. yeah, no, no, the train is fine. It's it's just like, it's just, I, I like just go, going back to how we all thought at the beginning of the season, like just the idea of them. I mean, it's like, I, I wouldn't have been upset. shocked. If, I wouldn't have been shocked if they made the playoffs, but like, just, oh my goodness. Like, it's like, okay, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> they made it this far. But yeah, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh, wow. They're actually in the Super Bowl. It's like, holy crap. I mean, just like the, the amount of like negative flack this franchise has gotten in yeah. in the last couple of years and it's just like you know i have a, a lot of these narratives i feel like have just kind of been buried and yeah i mean their quarterback play has been unbelievable but there's a little bit more to it than that i think the defense has stepped up in big games i mean the receivers the running back joe mixon looks pretty good um p ryan looks decent when he gets in there i mean 
um, the tight end. I'm blanking on his name now, but that, that whole team is oh, stacked. Yeah. Um, and I was I was definitely mad when the Vikings lost in Week One to the Bengals, but now that we took them to overtime, I, I feel okay about it. <laughs> and not to mention um, Trey Hendricks. That might be the one of the best free agent signings in recent memory, if you think about it. This is and, like and the, the this is like the Clippers has- winning the NBA Finals is the equivalent or the Clippers going to the NBA finals. Because when I think of the Bengals, I just think of Andy Dalton. Um, who was it in the nineties? Like Akili Smith and Boomer Esiason. And it's just years of terrible teams. Anytime the Broncos win in Cincinnati. Were, but, but there's some of those teams were good. Like those Boomer Esiason teams were pretty good. And then obviously the, the uh, I mean, even the Andy Dalton years, we we pulled it up last week. They made the playoffs five years in a row. They just never won a playoff game. So it's like you could argue. I mean, the Cleveland Browns have been have been the one that's just been in yeah. the cellar for years. And mm-hmm. and like you know, the, the the Bengals have always been a you know they don't put a joke on the field. You know, I, I don't know where that narrative came from. And I think Mel Kiper even said on draft night when Joe Burrow got drafted, he's like, hey. Let's put away this talk that you can't win if you get drafted to Cincinnati. You can absolutely win, and Joe Burrow has proven that. You know who I feel really bad for? I feel really bad for A.J. Green. He was on that team for over a decade, and he finally leaves to what he thought was a Super Bowl contender, and then his old team is now in the Super Bowl. I was going to say, I think the last few years of Andy Dalton was pretty trash in Cincinnati, correct? Yes. got. It got rough towards the end. I'm about to say, like, it, they, they put on a pretty bad joke because, like, the guy can't even get a starting job anymore. And when he does, everybody knows it's not really his. But um, I, I'm in love with the Bengals. They're, they're freaking fun. Um, it's a lot like the Cincinnati Bearcats in college football. Like, the team, the surprise team that showed up made the playoffs. Um, it's like one of those schools or one of those teams that just – it probably has some winning history and it really has a good – squad up there it's just nobody was talking about it because it wasn't the alabama it wasn't the lakers it wasn't the patriots it was the cincinnati Bengals who were fighting to win a division from the steelers and ravens who quite frankly weren't that great of teams the ravens could have been a lot better but they weren't yeah but injuries honest, didn't help there but yeah yeah, yeah uh, that's what i'm saying and now the what really made me take a look at the Bengals a lot closer i mean they lost to the jets in the beginning of the season but Sorry, Ryan, but that win against Baltimore in Baltimore earlier this earlier this season where Jamar Chase went off, I was just like, they have something here. But I guess I didn't believe in Zach Taylor that he could put it all together, but he proved everybody wrong. And um, I, I think they got something that's sustainable. Again, like people are seeing – how cool Joe Burrow is, how he is in the media, how he is with his teammates, how his teammates love him. I think you're going to start seeing like people say, you know what, Joe Burrow's somebody I want to play with. Oh, well, I'm going to say this right now. They're doing this with arguably the most important part of a football team uh, at a subpar level, and that's the offensive line. Like, oh my goodness, what this team is capable of if if they fix that offensive line in the offseason. I mean... You're absolutely right. This is very sustainable, and I don't think Joe Burrow is going to slow down anytime soon, but he cannot be taking as many hits as he has been the last, uh, you know, the way he did this season, especially after he came off an injury from his rookie season. So just fix the offensive line, and you really do have something that could be special. Look, I could probably name half of the NFL's kickers, 
And the fact I can name McPherson because of the swag and the ice that lives in his veins alone, like that should tell you everything you need to know about the Bengals. When the kicker is known for being a I get a badass. I'm sorry, Ryan. Um, but like that's what he is. He's freaking hilarious. He has the same swagger as Joe Burrow, who, as Eric mentioned, is just rubbed off on the whole team. Jamar Chase is freaking great. This team is just born to prove people wrong. Yeah, and so I think fun. Jeff said it. Yeah, and Jeff said it best. Like Hollywood couldn't have written a better script. Better script. Um, the only better way we're going to get this ending is if they actually win this thing. I love that they called the kicker Shooter McPherson, like Shooter McGavin. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm like in almost in love with another team. Like I love them so much. I wish, like, I wish Joe Burrow was my quarterback. He's what Drew Locke wants to be, but Drew Locke has fake swag, and Joe Burrow actually has real legitimate swag, and uh, is getting complimented by Kid Cudi. And all this stuff. I I love that team. Dude, okay, so one point, uh, first of all, I had a family member who uh I remember was sitting at like uh Thanksgiving a couple years ago and after um the Bengals had Joe Burrow and it was right after the Joe Burrow injury, and he pretty much says, like, dude, the Bengals should have drafted Chase Young and then tanked for Trevor Lawrence. Because I think that jo- Trevor Lawrence is much better than Joe Burrow. And I just want that family member to know that 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 comment aged very poorly and I never forgot it. (laughs) Old old takes exposed. Yeah, freezing cold takes. Um, It's really insane. But I I did want to fact – one thing on McPherson. This is what I want to say. You know he was drafted, right? Like I feel like it's like a fun thing to criticize teams that actually draft kickers. I wouldn't be shocked that this becomes a trend now where you'll see teams be like, you know what? We're spending the fifth round pick on a kicker because you know what? What that guy did in the playoffs was ridiculous. So I wouldn't be shocked if that becomes a trend. I think his kick to beat Kansas City is bigger than the one in the divisional round simply because, like, he had already, like, everybody already knew that he had that self confidence, right? So they were expecting him to make it now. He was expected to make it. And if he missed that, that's going to get in his head. And I think we know being a kicker is one of, if not the most mentally draining job on the football field, because you miss one kick, you decide games, you decide careers, you decide seasons, right? So, I mean, I think it just showed even more like how good he is and just the confidence that spews out of him. I just, and it probably comes from Burrow to an extent, right? No, it's contagious. I get more confident just watching him. Like, uh, and you got a guy, did you see those, uh, just the videos? Somebody you sent that to the group, just the videos of them partying in the locker room afterwards. It's just, they're marketing themselves. It's, it's really just an impressive culture they've got going on there. And I know we, we, we've kind of, Zach Taylor probably deserves a ton of credit and so does the front office. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but this is what happens when late millennials and early Gen Zers start becoming famous and good at sports. Like, this is the fun they're going to have, because this is exactly the kind of fun that age group has been having with everything since it started having the internet. Shots after a football game and putting it on TikTok or Instagram, like, that is very early Gen Z. Oh, well, my fair. favorite my favorite interview with, with Burrow after the game where they're asking him about his chain and they're like, oh, are those real or fake diamonds? He's like, oh, they're real. He's like, I make too much money for them to be fake. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's so cool. Uh, I would say, too, another underrated storyline here. This is Andrew Whitworth versus his old team, too. So, 
underrated storyline from the left tackle. Uh, but uh, the quick fact check on the so after the Bengals made the uh, the playoffs for five years in a row, this was their record for the next five seasons: six and nine, seven and nine, six and ten, two and fourteen. That's the year they obviously ended up one, number one overall. Then four and eleven, and then obviously now ten and seven, and going to the Super Bowl. So the more you know, right? Uh, do we want to move on to our next topic? Let's move on. All right. Kick us off, Jeff. All right. We are going to talk about coaching hires in the NFL. It's been one of the slowest moving coaching cycles probably ever. I think we have, what, three or four jobs that have finally been filled. Um, I got the guy I wanted. I'm super excited about it. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the 18th head coach in Denver Broncos history, And uh, when it comes to me, you can do very little things that are just going to make me love you forever. And if you're quoting Star Wars in your introductory press conference and stepbrothers and all this stuff, uh, man, you've already won me over. And I love this guy. I love everything that he's going to bring to our team. And I'm very excited that we finally got us an offensive minded uh, head coach. Yeah, Jeff, I, I'm complete opposite. I don't really care about all the guys that have been hired so far. I mean, I don't know. It's just oh, it's, I don't, nothing was really, like, moving. Like, oh, wow, like, what a hire. I guess, I mean, if Harbaugh does go to Minnesota, that'll probably be the one for me. But, I mean, I the Texans haven't made a hire, have they? They narrowed it down today, so it's Brian Flores, which good for them. I didn't even think they would uh, get the time of day from him. Kevin O'Connell, who was a finalist for the Broncos and for Minnesota. And then Josh McCown is a finalist for the Houston Texans. Yeah, like Chicago, they hired uh, Iberflus, and they got a GM. Uh, the Raiders just hired Josh, uh, announced Josh, Josh McDaniels today. Um, Jacksonville is still looking, I believe. Um, Minnesota is still looking, so I'm sure Gerald's mm-hmm. going to give us his two cents in a minute here. Yeah, it's just none of, none of these I just, really have. I'm happy for you, Jeff, that you got the guy you wanted. But, I mean, at the end of the day, for me, uh, none of these is really, like, shaking the room. It yeah, could be bike- worse. You could be the Raiders hiring Josh McDaniels. Sorry, Josh. I well, well here's a th- here's the thing. So, so like, yeah, with the Josh McDaniels hire, you know, I'm not like Jeff. You know, I keep in mind that Josh McDaniels in his early 30s when he took his first head coaching job. He probably wasn't ready to be a head coach. The reality is not everyone is Sean McVay and ever able to lead an NFL franchise at the age of 30. So uh, Josh McDaniels has definitely earned his second chance. The only problem is from an image standpoint, I mean, if you want people to cheer for your franchise, it's kind of hard when Josh McDaniels is your coach because I think a lot of people still remember what he did to the Indianapolis Colts, and that was a borderline unforgivable is a very bad word to use because I, I, I don't believe in that term, but it's a, it's a term that people are going to remember what you did in Indianapolis. And that was just a very, it was just not good for anybody's reputation to pull that off. And, you know, there's a good story in this with that Matt Eberflus was hired by Josh McDaniels in Indianapolis and him and Frank Reich stuck together, even though Eberflus didn't, you know, initially go to Indianapolis to work for him. And now he's a head coach four years later. So I think that's a really strong story there. 
but it's, I think McDaniels deserves another chance. It's hard to say that after what happened with the Indianapolis Colts situation, but that's what I'm keeping in mind here. I don't, I actually agree with Eric. Um, I don't think too much of the um, Denver hire, mainly because Denver's been that awkward guy at school who like had a crush on a really like cute girl who has a boyfriend. And the second it looks like there's trouble, he announces it by getting something that he that she likes. That's all y'all did. Y'all just went and got something Aaron Rodgers like because you're hoping he's going to come to Denver. I think yeah, we got a crush on Aaron Rodgers, Gerald, <laughs> yeah, big one, and we're going to do whatever crush, it takes. Yeah. So like it was like everybody saw it and was like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. Like there's no way that wasn't what was gonna happen, right? It's gonna be that movie She's All That, and we're gonna be the one that's all that at the end of the day. So you just keep I mean, all that in mind, Gerald. You keep it all in mind. <laughs> um the Vikings looking at Harbaugh was interesting to me. I was a little shocked by that. I mean, he's a Super Bowl coach, so yay, I guess. I I'd have to like actually look more into into the whole thing. So the, the coaching search just like, I think I agree with Eric. I'm not that excited by it at this point. I think what's what the reason for the, if you're, if you're going to call it a snail's pace, I really have to see if, if this compares with other years, but yeah, usually by there's usually just a couple of openings by the time the Super Bowl happens. And that's because it's the teams waiting for that coach's season to end to hire them. But uh, we have to keep in mind, there were a lot of GM openings this year. So I think that contributed to why it's taken maybe a little bit longer for certain teams to get hired because rightfully so you don't want to hire your coach, then hire the GM and then have those two not be on the same page. So uh, it's really interesting. I'm really curious to see if Brian Flores is going to end up anywhere or if he's going to be taking a year off. But uh, Sean Payton's no longer a head coach in the NFL, which is something that I'm still trying to process. He's going to show up in Dallas in like a year. Guarantee it. I don't know why. I just have this feeling he's going to be there um, because they're going to give McCarthy like another year yeah. and they're going to realize. He, yeah, that, he's not done. Like he's coming. Yeah, back they'll, give him, they'll give him like another year and Peyton will come back and take over for Dallas. Like that's what's going to happen. We're all just going to have to accept it sooner or later. Well, I mean, he's going to be the most sought after head coach for the next couple of years till he decides to come back. I mean, just a lot of success from Sean Payton. He's a heck of a coach. You can't blame a team for wanting him right now. But uh, any of these other coaching hires that stand out to you, one that comes to mind, Brian Dable, I think a lot of people were looking to see where he'd end up. He's going to the Giants. I mean, he did a tremendous job uh, helping to make Josh uh, Allen into the quarterback he is today. Uh, And he really had a lot of control over his offense. Um, It's not like Nathaniel Hackett where he – it's kind of Matt Eberflus, or it's a uh, excuse me, Matt Lafleur's offense, and he's kind of helping to coordinate it. I mean, in Brian Dable's case, you know, you got a defensive-minded coach. This is kind of your offense to run, and, and and it looks like he really did a great job assembling a great team there. And he's also, um, I believe, what I was seeing was that Dable is also taking Ken Dorsey with him to the Giants, which. I mean, Dable was big in uh, helping Josh Allen's progression. So their next hire is probably very important because it's just like we've seen in the past where an OC leaves and the quarterback actually regresses. So um, Buffalo Buffalo has a very important hire to make, probably the most important hire of the offseason that with all the head coach 
head coaching and GM vacancies, the Buffalo OC job might be the most important. Yeah, and it might be the most sought after one as well, too. And uh, another one on that, too, uh, Eric, the uh, whoever Matt Eberflus is going to hire as the offensive coordinator in Chicago. Actually, I think he may have already made that hire, if I'm not mistaken. Anyone know that answer? Yeah, I don't think uh, – oh, shoot, I got to look it up. For for Chicago? Yes, um, for Chicago. Well, they hired Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator. Okay, um, yeah, that's correct. And he 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 got some head coaching interviews too. So that that's a very good hire for the Bears, I think. Um, yes. And I think Eberflus is going to be better than people are giving him credit for. I, he's yeah. just not a sexy name, so people. Yeah, aren't. exactly. It's an under. It's an under. It's not a splash hire, but sometimes that's not a bad thing. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and going back to the Bills, shout out Ken Dorsey. I was rocking with him when he was in Miami as the quarterback there. So yeah, it's good to see Ken Dorsey thriving. He's probably going to be up next when it comes to head coaching vacancies. Oh, yeah. Anyone in mind that you would like to see get a head coaching hire in this cycle? I mean, I think it's a matter of time. It sounds like Byron Leftwich will probably go to the Jaguars. Um, yeah, I'd like to see Byron Leftwich go to the Jaguars. I'd like to see Bill bring home Brian Flores and create a succession plan so that Flores takes over the Patriots when Bill eventually leaves. But mm. depends how many more years Bill wants because I can't. Yeah. I don't see Brian Flores being unemployed for too long. Nope. Mm. Oh righty. So the are we going to be enemy? Sorry. Yeah. Be en- Were you on mute again? Were you on mute again? Yeah, I thought I unmuted myself whenever you went all quiet there. So that was great. Um, but I need to see B enemy get a job. Like I just, I still don't understand how he hasn't been post yet. He has to get one soon. Well, Jim Harbaugh is flying into Minnesota this week. I just saw the tweet, Gerald. Oh, good, 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 good. Cool, cool, cool. Get cool, your khakis cool. um, ready. Get ready to lose to like the Packers every year for like five years, right? Um, that's what he does. Like, lose to the biggest him, rival. Beat him year six. <laughs> yeah. Then you beat him year six, right? Who gets it once? Yeah, no. We'll see. All right. Are we moving on to some real talk? Or do you want to do Super Bowl predictions real quick? Yeah, we could do Super Bowl predictions and talk about our tournament and what's at stake uh, <laughs> yeah. now that uh, <laughs> there's only two of us left. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So it's Gerald versus Ryan in the Super Bowl. Ryan picked the Rams and Gerald picked the Bengals. And the winner pretty much gets a full, unadulterated movie choice <laughs> for for one uh for one one show. And everyone okay. has to fulfill this uh the prophecy and, and watch the movie. <laughs> well, I'll say this, Ryan. Um you're about to be like the Vikings with multiple Super Bowl appearances and still no wins. So oh. they get the Bengals 27 to 20. I, I just, I have a feeling it's going to happen. I just hope Gerald wins. I saw Ryan's initial list of movies and um, let's just say I'm not very thrilled. <laughs> are we watching are we watch- any of those? Are we watching the Lion King if Gerald wins? I no, no, I no. That so. was a joke. That was a joke. Oh. No. That was that was a joke. I'm gonna to try to pick a movie that's been out for at least like a few months to like three years. Eternal. I want to, Eternals. We already did Eternals. Shit. We can do it again. <laughs> do it again. Human Spider Man. Right? Spider Man. No Way Home. 
again. <laughs> I'll go next. Um, these two teams again, they're not rivals. They're just two teams playing in a Super Bowl. It's fun. I got no stake in this. People, a lot of people have no stake in this game, but they just want to see a good game. We've had a string of good um, playoff games, and I think we wrap it up with the Super Bowl being a nail-biter. I say the Bengals win 37-34. All right. Looks like I'm the only one taking the Rams. I got the Rams winning 31-21. And I didn't say my score. I'm going to go Bengals 35, Rams 20. Dang. Dang. Jeff's going for the jugular with this one. Right? I was like, I can't watch Titanic. I'm all in on Joe (laughs) Burrow. You shouldn't make your opinion known, Jeff. It's just going to make it worse. I mean, have you seen my Twitter page? I make all my opinions known. Jeez. Well, Jeff's got already got to deal with the fact that he's already still has to do one anyway. So, I mean, Jeff, no matter what happens, you're still, you're still going to lose. This is true. (laughs) <laughs> I, I actually I like this matchup a lot. I love the quarterback matchup right here because Matthew oh, Stafford's a guy with all the pressure in the world because he finally has the chance to prove that he belongs in that upper echelon. Um, and then Joe Burrow just doesn't care. Like he's going in with all the swag, thinking he's winning anyway. So like I, I'm gonna love to see how they interact on the field, how they do their different change in game changes, like all these different things because like. One's playing with like little pressure before, and the other one's playing with a lot. And I'm sure Burrow has a lot of pressure on him, but just the attitude that he carries around, it's going to look like he has been there before. I just already know. Oh, yeah. One guy's got nothing to lose. The other team has, you know, I mean, just like we said, they're in a win-now mode, whereas the Bengals, it's like, ah, well, we're pretty young. We could probably be back here next year if we wanted to. You know, like we've already exceeded expectations for the season from what everyone thought we would be. So, heck. You know, whatever, whatever happens, happens. So I don't know how that's going to play in here, but it's just you, you, the Bengals have nothing to lose here. I mean, I think the one concern moving forward for them is that I don't know if their division will be as bad as it was this year uh, moving forward. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But I mean, the Bengals are in a good spot. And it's crazy that I was seeing online, which makes a lot of sense. The Bengals are exactly what the Browns think they are. And like Baker Mayfield is exactly who he thinks is. And Joe Burrow is exactly who Browns fans think Baker Mayfield is. And it's just like or the was, two teams. I don't, I don't really know if everyone's so keen on Baker being their quarterback right now anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's somebody who lives here. And that's got to hurt for like, yeah, like living in Ohio, just seeing the how like the two teams like, and their fan bases like always used to like talk trash to each other. It's just if you're the Browns, you gotta be. You, uh, not only that, you see the you see the Bengals and the Super Bowl. You see OBJ in the Super Bowl. It's just like, oh my good, like they gotta take a hard look at themselves and say, yo, who are we really? I mean, do you say we're the team that didn't have the worst record in football the year that Joe Burrow was available in the draft? I mean. That could be a part of it too. It's it's just you know Joe Burrow fell into the Bengals' lap, and there's not much you can do. I mean, if Trevor Lawrence breaks out next year, we'll say the same thing about him. But 
You know, some years the number one overall pick is a spe- is a guy who's special. Other years it's just not, and that's the reality we're in right now. How about that draft class of quarterbacks? This is Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert was in the same class, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if Miami gets it, gets two on track, there's two of there. Um, that's a that's a good. That's a good top 10 of quarterbacks. Yeah. Then you have um, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen coming out of the same draft class. Uh, and then we finally have all three guys retired from the Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger draft class. What a run. What a run it was indeed. All right. We move on to Real Talk. Yes, sir. All right, so the official trailer was released for the new Texas Chainsaw movie, and they're going with a direct sequel to the original. Um, We all have our thoughts on the trailer and the plot that they're going with here. Obviously, the trailer doesn't always reveal the whole plot, but it looks very similar to another uh, slasher franchise that recently did a direct sequel to its first movie. what did you guys think of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, and are you excited to see it? In that studio, there is a group text where somebody at one point said, hey, did you see the new Halloween movies? And the other one said yes. And then the person that asked the question originally then replied, said, we should do this, but with Texas Chainsaw. And that's all they did. That was that was the story pitch. Well, Ryan actually had this pitch two years ago, right, Ryan? Like the exact yes. same pitch. I, I was literally about to respond with you. Well, there's also a, 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 a podcast group of friends doing a podcast and they're watching the new Halloween and literally saying, oh, dude, it'd be really cool if they did this with like Texas Chainsaw or something like that. And then you pitch the movie and they kind of went with my idea in a way. So I'm pretty happy right now. And and to be fair, like this isn't the first movie that has followed the Halloween formula. If you've seen uh, the new Scream movie that came out a few weeks ago, they do kind of put this, you know, the the role that Jamie Lee Curtis played. They put it uh, onto Dewey for Scream, which was a very interesting choice. But this is a formula that uh, is kind of the new norm now. I thought the trailer looked fine. There was one really stupid part, which was at the very end. And uh, Leatherface is in this bus and all these people are taking pictures of him, telling him that he's going to be canceled. That was very stupid. But other than that, I'll probably watch this movie. Well, when I saw like the tweet synopsis that like now he's hunting Instagram influencers, my thought, I was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> this is going to be cringe at times. I can already tell you. I don't know how to feel because are they? It's like I would hope they keep the same formula that made the the original one so just terrifying, which is it's very realistic. But anyways, some of it looks a little cartoony. But as long as they don't get carried away with that, like they did um, with the Texas Chainsaw 3D, I think they got a formula here. I mean, Leatherface is just I don't know of all the slasher. Um, big names. I always felt like Leatherface and the Texas Chainsaw storyline was the one that was the most terrifying to me. Um, and I think just the, I, he always felt like the more realistic one in some way or another, or just, or just the, the concept of being trapped by a cannibal family was just always just something I would never even want to have happen to me in a million years. And 
I, I always just I've always been a fan of this franchise. I'm happy it's getting a sequel, a direct one, because you could probably argue the Texas Chainsaw sequels were the worst of all the classic horror uh, slasher movies. So I'm happy they're pretending like they didn't exist. And I'm happy that the uh, original cast is getting some redemption here, too. Yeah, the original was was very scary and unnerving to watch. Uh, I like the 2003 remake with Jessica Bill. I thought that one was pretty good. Um, I've only seen Texas Chainsaw 2 on the Spanish channel, so I didn't really know what was going on. So don't really have an opinion on that one. Well, I can tell you this. Um, there was a, a Texas Chainsaw, like Next Generation, I think it's what it was called. And Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger are both in this movie. And we're talking about like you two two of the best two of the most talented actors and actresses of you know of our time right there and from what i understand one of them had i think like their agents or something like that were trying to get this movie to not be released because it was so bad and they were worried about what this would do to their career and and if you have ever seen this movie i mean i made a mistake and didn't nominate it when we did our bad movie uh show so it, it it is one of the harder movies to watch you'll ever see. It's never too late, Ryan. We you could pick that for your Super Bowl win. Never too late. You know what? Maybe that'll be. I'll make you do that with just just you and me, and we'll just tell everybody about it. <laughs> Anything to get me out of watching Titanic. Thank you. You know, I guess when it comes to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I I haven't really seen any of them, but the. I was actually the the Netflix trailer that came out today kind of piqued my interest. So I'm not really a horror film guy, but I, I I enjoyed Halloween Kills. So I mean, this had like you guys touched on. This has the same premise. So I mean, I'll probably check this one out as well. We'll definitely be reviewing it. That's for sure. Um, it's one of the movies I'm m- most excited about that has a trailer out right now and hasn't been released. So uh, we'll just have to see. I I see a lot of potential, but I can also see this being a train wreck. So we will find out when it gets out. But while we're here, I would like to ask you guys, what is a franchise that you would like to see uh, them either try another movie or or pretty much forego all the sequels that came after it and try again? Or a franchise that if they made another movie, you'd freak out and it would ruin everything that's been built so far. So don't say fast another Fast and the Furious because we've we've already accepted that they're just going to keep making those movies. I just want them to quit the Fantastic Beast thing and like restart prequels, like restart the prequel idea because the idea itself is not a bad idea. They're just too focused on this Fantastic Beast stuff. So that's what I'd probably be cool for. I mean, they've tried this with Terminator like a million times now. Uh, I think it would be cool to do it with the original RoboCop. Just to do a direct sequel to that movie and not do like a weird reboot or anything. I think that would be pretty cool. I would like a sequel to like I Am Legend and I, Robot. Um, Mm. I don't know why, but I watched watched both of those movies recently. And like, I still like, I want to see more from those films. I'm going to go into my 90s kid. And honestly, 
I would like to see them retry Power Rangers because with um, Power Rangers or Transformers, um, I enjoyed the Transformers movies with Shia LaBeouf, but then it got started to get a little corny with um, Mark Wahlberg. So I would like to see the Transformers and then the Power Rangers movie, the one that just came out, uh, well, not just, but it came out in 2017. They were going somewhere with it, but they just abruptly stopped. So um, I, I would like to see that. I remember that movie. I didn't hate it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It just talking like, about the Bumblebee movie? No, they made a no, Power no. Ranger movie a few years oh, ago. No, like sorry. a bunch of kids, they found rocks or something like that. And yeah, it wasn't and like, that bad. Like Elizabeth Banks was the villain. <laughs> like yeah, Brian Cranston. Cranston. Yeah, yeah I, say, I think Brian Cranston came back. <laughs> yeah, he was Zordon, and um, uh, they teased Tommy Oliver in the end, and it was just like they just was like, "Now we're rebooting this." Like, wait, what? Yeah, like they just they just quit on him immediately. <laughs> that cast was good. Even the kids, like, uh, was it Dacre Montgomery, or whatever his name is, the bully from Stranger Things, was the Red Ranger, and then the the girl who ended up playing Jasmine and Aladdin uh, was the Pink Ranger. You had a pretty stacked cast. Now, from what I understand, was did they didn't make enough money the first time around? Because it came oh. out, I think it came out the same weekend as Beauty and the Beast, and that killed it. Oh well, yeah. You signed your own. You signed your own. Uh, your life away when you did that. What were you, you know thinking? What? I've seen both of those movies, and like, if you if you wanted me to choose between the two that I had to watch, I might go. I'm probably going Power Rangers. Oh, I, I Beauty and the Beast all the way for me. I, I actually really like that new. I, that. I liked it, but like. I kind of would just, I might just go Power Rangers. I mean, I don't know. It'd be a hard choice. I didn't, I didn't think that Power Rangers was as good as you guys thought it was. It it was good, but there was some weird stuff in there. Like Krispy yeah. the Kreme product placement. They were always out of Krispy Kreme. It was so weird. Um, yeah. And then they didn't actually put on the Power Rangers suits until 30 minutes before the movie was over. That was my two, two complaints of that movie. I, I would say it was passable, but it wasn't like... I mean, I, it's forgettable at the same time. That's the problem with it. So it's like Eric said, it's like, it's something, hey, why don't you try it again? Because we saw the progress, but just didn't get there. I think the one everyone wants to try again is Fantastic Four. All those movies have been garbage. It's like a cursed franchise. Um, one that comes to mind for me is, uh, I wouldn't mind if they tried Major League again. They made a couple sequels. None of them were good but maybe they could do a front office angle or something like that where they bring some of the original cast back and have them be involved with, I guess it would be the Guardians now. Um, they do that. It's called Ted Lasso. Yeah. Like, that's it's Ted Lasso. <laughs> well, these guys actually play baseball, though. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I get what you're saying. But Ted Lasso is, like, pretty close. Uh, so. Another one, I mean... Austin Powers ended on a high note from what I remember. And I haven't seen Mike My- Myers in a minute. So I wouldn't be opposed to another Austin Powers movie. A reboot Shrek movie? Aren't they making <laughs> Puss in Boots or something? What if they did a live action Shrek movie? That'd be so terrifying. That's what they should do. <laughs> uh, go back uh, to Fantastic Four, though. Do y'all think the fact that like that 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 team is very CGI heavy in that the graphics and everything we had at the time wasn't the greatest the first time around second time. That's not an excuse, but like in maybe if it was made now, 
similar cast, similar type story. It'd be better just because it would look better. Yeah, the writing nah. was pretty uh, yeah, disappointing the, the first time the, around. It's the story. It's the story. Yeah, it's just, and I mean, this time I kind of trust them because uh, they already they they said that Fantastic Four is coming, and John Watts, the director of the Spider Man, uh, the most recent Spider Man trilogies, is taking over as the director for that for that film. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see how they'll do it. And they'll the MCU will definitely do it right. So uh, that's all. That's a good. That's a good pick. Yeah, it's not because wasn't Fox? Am I am I thinking? Am I remembering things right? Was it yeah, Fox, Fox or the Fantastic Fox Four? Yeah. So like, it's a completely different company. And MCU really, they've made a blunder here or there. But like, how many things have they screwed up since Iron Man? Like when it comes to franchises, honestly, none. Yeah, like, like they yeah, they've done amazing things with all their characters. So, like, I I think that movie will be great this time around. I'm trying to think. I'm looking up the Friday the Thirteenth because uh, during one of our shows, I did also uh, pitch how they would do a Friday the Thirteenth sequel. Okay, I got this character's name now. So, pretty much, my idea for Friday the Thirteenth is where they pick up, where I believe it's like the fourth movie. Jason pretty much dies like officially in one of them. Like he very clearly dies from getting like a machete through his head. And the character's name is Tommy Jarvis. That's who it is. And I guess they could do like the angle where they closed down Camp Crystal Lake for a couple decades because of all the murders that happened there and they reopen it. And then the weekend it's reopens, Jason comes back and Tommy's got to go hunt down Jason and, they got to have their standoff one more time. And so pretty much it's Jamie Lee Curtis, but with Tommy Jarvis. I like that. Um, if you guys saw the the Fear Street movies on Netflix, they did one that was set at a summer camp. And it was like a better version of what the Friday the 13th sequels wanted <laughs> to be. So if they did a movie like that, I, I would be totally down for it because I like that franchise a lot. Uh, even how ridiculous they got in the later installments. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They got a little carried away, but in a way, so did all of them. When Buster rhymes kills Michael Myers, you knew. <laughs> all right. What a show covered a lot of ground guys. Good stuff. All right. We thank you so much for joining us for another exciting episode of Box Office Quarterbacks. We hope you'll join us for more episodes of Good Friends and Real Talk. And please follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok pending. But you can just follow Gerald and he'll take care of you, right? He's our TikTok team. Yeah, my Gerald entire Tracy. TikTok team. The entire team. I, I'm really bad at TikTok, actually. I don't think I'm doing it right, but we'll figure it out one day. Yeah. We're going to go viral. All right. We'll see you later.